Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome to another episode of the Plain Injured Podcast. I'm here with Captain Hoff. Welcome to the podcast, Captain Hoff. Mason, it is fantastic to be here. Hey, Captain Hoff, for those that don't know Captain Hoff, which it sounds like uh, some of you do know this handle, um, this is Stephen Hoffman, and uh, he is the CEO of Founderspace, which is rated by Forbes and I think Entrepreneur uh, Magazine as the number, number one incubator for overseas startups. That's right. Wow. And he is also the author of three books. Uh, and these books are Making Make Elephants Fly, The Five Forces. And one that's super relevant in some of our discussions is Surviving a Startup uh, that was published by HarperCollins. So congratulations on, on those victories. And more importantly, um, the impact that you're making in other people's lives. I can't wait to uh, hear about some of that. Thank you. Yeah, I have a lot of stories to share. <laughs> well, let's jump into it because our audience is here to listen to uh, the setbacks that set people up for comebacks. And uh, I would love to hear however you want to go about it, whatever place you want to start in. Um, just talk about one of the major times you've had to play injured in your life and, and kind of what that looks like. I've had a lot of times. So I've been fortunate and I had some really good successes but I've also experienced so many different setbacks. And I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying new things and you're always pushing, you are going to get set back. It's just going to happen. I can, I'll tell you a story about one of my early startups that I did. It was my first venture funded startup. So I was new to the business and we got going in the area uh, we are taking new technology and we want to revolutionize how people connect online. So my partner, he had developed a massively multi-user gaming system. And this is in the 90s, like really way ahead of everybody else. You know, Steam didn't exist. None of this stuff was out there. Hold on. Is this where Captain Hoff was born? What, in, in the 90s? <laughs> was Captain Hoff born in the 90s? Like yeah, no, my, my as name, in the yeah. name, the, yes. the handle? Yeah, uh, it was it was actually born a little prior to that. But oh, yes, it became okay. popular in the 90s and has right. become more popular ever since. Okay. Yeah, so that's my gaming handle. I was a gamer. I was developing games. We we took this engine which he had developed for Microsoft and he owned all the code uh, for the engine, all the IP, and we decided we're going to figure out what to do with this in the real world on our own. We're going to launch a startup. So there were four of us. We got together and we didn't know what to do with it. So one of the ideas, and I was a real big believer in this, I wanted to take this engine and make it a platform. So anybody, they didn't have massively multiplayer gaming engine platforms out there. There were not. So very few games were multiplayer even. They were all almost all single player. Mm -hmm. So we took this engine and I went to all these game developers. And I was like, you should use our engine to build your, your, your games on. And they looked at me and said, I don't know. You know, we, uh, why should I use your engine? And this was the day 
when game developers wanted to build everything themselves. Ah. So a, a few of the, most of them are like, oh, if I want it, I'll just build it. I'm not going to license, because nobody did that. They didn't have these cloud systems. Amazon, AWS didn't exist. None of this existed. But we did convince a few of the developers to say yes. But then they wanted to give us such a small portion of the revenue that it really didn't make sense. So we had to just scrap that idea and pivot. We pivoted, we moved into another area, and we thought, well, we're just going to build our own games, but we're not going to build games like everybody else. We're going to build really casual games, and chat was just taking off. It, this was like the early days before instant messengers. You know, Chat was just taking off, and they had this thing that had just come out called JavaScript. And we built on JavaScript one of the first applications to plug into websites that actually allowed people to chat. But ours also allowed them to play games as they chatted. So they're a very social game. We called it Jabber Chat. We launched this. We got it out there, literally on hundreds of websites. So like everybody was like, this is amazing. You can do this. And they were all plugging our little code into their websites, allowing people to chat. And it was just taking off. We applied to South by Southwest, you know, the big interactive conference. We won first prize gold at, for interactive. Wow. Yeah. What year was that? This was 1998. So very wow. early on. Wow. We were so on top of the world, but we were making no money. So we had already pivoted once away from the, the platform play. We are now doing this new one. And we're like, we need to make money. And we heard of this new thing that nobody really knew about. It was called online advertising. Like it was brand new at the time. And there was this company out there and they'd allow you to embed ads in your applications. So we're like, oh, this is it. You know, how are we going to monetize this? You know, nobody was putting in their credit cards on the internet. Well, advertising makes a lot of sense. So we put in the ads, went out to all of our partner sites, and then we waited. We waited. So we waited a month and they said they would pay us every month. We waited for that check. And that check came. We opened it up. Guess what? It was $13.50. Not even enough to buy all of us pizza and beers. Like it was not enough money. We couldn't live off of that. Like we were doing well with this. So we're like, oh my God. And we didn't know venture capitalists. There were no incubators. It was a very early days. So we're like, what do we do? We got to make money on this. Uh, We started to hear through the grapevine. This is pivot number number three. We were like pivoting again. We started to hear through the grapevine that MTV, Viacom and MTV were launching the first interactive TV show that they wanted to push on the web and on television at once. So you could play on your computer frame accurate against what was on the web. Mm. So that was, so we had already, you know, failed twice and we we're going in for the third time. We're like, we better hit it this time. And uh, we, what did we do? We didn't know anybody at MTV, but we managed to get a hold of the phone number of the senior vice president of Interactive. So of course we pick up the phone and we start calling him and we start leaving messages. And our company was called Spider Dance because we were always spider dancing, which is our little dance when we get excited and create great ideas. So we're out there spider dancing. We're like, this is Spider Dance. You've got to work with us. We are building exactly what you want. And we left these messages over and over and over. Guess what happened? 
Nobody called us back. <laughs> Nobody. They didn't care. They had never heard of Spider Dance. They yeah. we were at some crazy startup off in California. They were in New York. They didn't know what we were, who we were, and why we were spamming them. So, uh, my friend though, uh, she's an amazing designer. She got to speak at CES. She was invited to do that uh, from her previous job, which she had left to do the startup, but she kept the speaking slot. So she went to CES and she started talking about our Spider Dance, our new product. We hadn't built it yet, but we had the engine and we were determined to synchronize online to television. She started to talk all about this. The end of the talk, you know, the, everybody's there and this guy comes barreling up from the audience, pushes through everybody, goes up to her and he says, I need to talk to you. And she's like, you need to talk to me? I am the senior vice president of MTV Interactive. You have exactly what we need. Oh my gosh. And she laughed and she said, I know we've been leaving voice messages on your voicemail. Have you checked your voicemail? So literally within a month, we had uh, a deal signed and $350,000 in the bank, which was just enough to bootstrap us to do this. Now, MTV was worried because in these days, startups weren't something people work with. A big corporation, they they didn't trust startups. Like, and this was a long time ago. Think about it. You know, two over two decades ago, they didn't trust startups. They're like, who are these guys? What? Wh why should we trust them with something as valuable as you know MTV on-air broadcasts that we're going to do? They're they're nobody. So they kept asking us, "Can you do this? Can you deliver it? You know, we need to launch this come fall. Can you do that? You know what we said." absolutely. We can get it done. Don't worry. Because honestly, we had no idea if we could do it, but we were like, this is it. Like either we do it or we don't. So we right. told them we could do it. And then we went to work. We, we had a five person company. So it was tiny, tiny. Well, actually it was four people to begin with. And then we added two engineers. So we actually, by the time we really got rolling, it was up to six people. And, you know, three engineers doing all this work. We didn't have AWS. Nothing was scalable. Like we were built, we had to build it all ourselves, you know, put in the servers, wire them up, you know, get a T1 line. It was brutal compared to like today. It's so easy. You just put it on AWS. It automatically scales. In those days, we didn't know. And MTV kept worrying. Like they, they signed the deal with us, but every week they're like, are you sure you can handle the load? Because we're going to send you a massive amount of traffic. We're doing, we're going to put on air ads all the time on television, like across all the networks, you know, we're going to make sure that this thing's is a big hit, but we can't have it go down. Television doesn't crash. <laughs> That's what they Whoa. kept saying. Okay. Television doesn't crash. Internet sites crash. Television yeah. doesn't. Right. Um, so we're like, no problem. Just, just relax. So we build out the whole thing. It's getting up to the final date for launch. I am trying to raise venture capital. Really brutal process, trying to raise venture capital. I didn't know any VCs. I didn't know how to, now I'm an expert. Like I know hundreds of VCs. I'm an investor. Like at, But then I didn't know anybody. And I kept going to these VCs. I finally found a VC firm that would, would invest. They were out of LA. So they were entertainment. They got the entertainment thing. Um, it was headed by this, this head of NBC Universal, the, you know, the movie division. Mm -hmm. It had Michael Milken, the junk bond king. It had this former head of Sega, all these, you know, top superstars there on their board. And we pitched them. They said, we will give you $5 million. We will sign the deal and we'll give it to you at a really good valuation, like super high for the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so we were like, okay, great. And we, we 
had our lawyer do all the contracts. We ran up $60,000 in legal bills to, before we got this agreement done. And then we get it done before the show. And we're like, okay, everything's done. Let's sign the deal and give us the money. You know, we need the money. They said, actually, we want to wait. We're like, what? <laughs> you said when, you know, when we're done, you're going to give us some money. They go, we want to wait to see if you launch. Because if you don't launch, if it fails, we don't want to put in the money. We were like, oh, super pressure. So now we have double pressure on us. The financial guys and MTV breathing down our neck oh. to make sure everything depends on this launch. We go into that, uh, the, the launch. And, you know, there's no way to load test this. We didn't have the tools or anything. So when you drive, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of users at once onto an online application in the old days, over two decades ago, what's going to happen? We had, we really didn't know. Like we tried to build it out as best we could. Our three engineers did the best they could and we put it up there and then we launched. It went live. There were ads leading up to it for like a month on, on MTV all the time going, join Web Riot. It was called Web Riot. It was a music trivia game synchronized perfectly to broadcast television. If it was literally a couple frames out of sync, you could see the answers on air before you would online and you could cheat. So it had to be perfectly in sync. You know, oh. everything had to work flawlessly. They had Frank Zappa's son was a host, Amit Zappa. So it was, it was crazy. It was going live. Every you, people just started to flood in, like just started to flood in. And we were like, okay, just hold it, hold it. First few minutes, doing fine, doing fine. All of a sudden, crash, it came crashing down. Oh, Talk about, no. I, I hit the floor. I was having a heart attack, but I had to get off the floor because my phone was ringing. I pick it up. It's the senior vice president of MTV. And he is using every swear word you can imagine. <laughs> On the what the blank is going on here? You told me <laughs> I I was dying. I was dying. So wow. this it gets worse. So <laughs> before it gets better. So I uh I got up off the floor and I was like, just let me talk to my engineers. Well, I I'll we'll figure out what's going on. Let me talk to my engineers. Call our engineers up. I was like, it, it crashed. They're like, we know we're going crazy. And I go. What's happening? Why did it crash? And they go, is it the load? Are we getting too many users? They go, no, no, no. It's actually a denial of service attack. Some hacker attacked us. Whoa. Now, yeah. And these days, you didn't have all the the, the firewalls and everything. Cybersecurity. Yeah. We couldn't right. just go to some third party and get awesome cybersecurity. Like it just didn't exist. And so it's this denial of service that they were bombarding our servers. Like they wanted to bring us down. They saw all the ads. They wanted to, you know, some troll out there wanted to take us down and they took us down. But my engineers, they just reacted with lightning speed. They started blocking IP address, block, 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 block. Boom. A few minutes later, back online, everything running again. We, we, we did it. We actually pulled it off. It act, it went smooth the rest of the show. So it was only oh. down a couple, only a couple minutes. Nobody, it wasn't a big problem. Everybody just logged back in and we were rolling. So the show went great. And after that, we literally didn't have, we fixed it all up. We didn't have any other attacks. It never went down. So we were just like, oh my God, we did it. Now we need money. Like we had spent all the money MTV gave us and more. Right. <laughs> we were like broke, totally broke. I couldn't pay anybody, even our hosting provider, which we needed. And MTV wanted us to keep this on air. So we had a ways to go before we got more money. 
So we go back to our venture guys and we said, okay, give us the money. It worked. You saw it worked. We hit it out of the park. You know, the biggest uh, interactive TV show in history. They looked at us and they said, yeah, we'll give you the money. But we're like, but, but we want to give it to you at half the valuation we promised. Why? Well, because they're vulture capitalists. They saw that we were desperate for money and they thought they could cut the valuation in half. We're like, you can't do that. They go, well, take it or leave it. It's either like, and this was a time where it was right before Christmas, literally right. All the VCs go home. Everybody, there's no funding going on for at least a month. You know, it's Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Nothing happens. Mm -hmm. We have no money. We have a commitment to MTV. We, <laughs> they, we hadn't been talking to any other VCs because they had committed. Like we were done. We thought we were right. done, which is another lesson learned when you're right. doing something. Never count until the, you know, the fat lady sings. And this fat lady was very nasty to us. <laughs> so, so basically we had a choice either to you know, just like go to, you know, collapse or accept their offer. And we said, screw you. We're not taking your offer. Like, we don't want to be in business with you. We don't want you as our partners. We don't want wow. you on our board. If you're going to come and stab us in the back like that at the last minute, we don't want your money. We're so pissed off. We walked. And then we realized what we had done. <laughs> we, were like, we were in a world of hurt. So, you know, I kept pounding on venture capitalists. No, nobody was taking any meetings, you know, and then CS came around. So it's been a year now. And we had already committed to going to CES, so we went there, but we downgraded to the cheapest, most flea-ridden hotel on the Las Vegas Strip, and it was so depressing, you know, a year ago to today, and we had built this huge thing, and we were dying, like, we could hardly get out of bed. So I managed, actually, to make one contact, just one, over Christmas break, and that was the president of Macromedia, which is now Adobe. So mm -hmm. basically the president of Adobe. And uh, he said, oh, I love what you're doing, but we have this new product coming out and it is called Flash. You know, this is the launch of Flash. And he goes, could you make your show work with that if, if we fund you? What has I said? Absolutely. Like, yes, we yeah. can make it work with Flash. Give us the money. You know what he said? What? I can't give you the money. You still need to get a lead investor. But we'll we'll introduce you to some investors. I was like, oh, painful. Like I, so I go. Oh, what's the best thing I had? Okay, introduce me to some investors. So I have to wait until the investors come back, which is like mid January by now. And my begging my employees to keep working for free. Uh, the two guys we hired, in addition to the four founders, we were. Uh, you know, our hosting provider, we were like, just, oh, please don't pull the plug on us. Let us keep going. We went, uh, they, they took us to Sand Hill Road, which is where all the top VCs are, went into their offices uh, at one of the top VCs and the president came with me. And why did the president of uh, Adobe come with me? Well, it was Macromedia at the time, because he wanted to see how that venture capitalist reacted. If that venture capitalist was poked holes in our deal and walked away, then he would just walk away. Oh. If, so it was a test. And I know, oh, so everything's riding on this pitch. <laughs> so wow. we go into that pitch. I get in front of the VC and I learned, never show your weakness. 
don't show your weakness with VCs. Like they will pick you apart. So acted like, you know, we have a, the, the biggest interactive TV show in history launched with MTV. It's running. You know, we're about to sign up more partners. All we need is some money, blah, 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 blah. So I give the whole pitch and uh, he's, he's sitting there. He is stone faced, like nothing. I don't get any read on him. And I come to the end of the pitch and he is like, excuse me. And he just gets up and walks out. And I look at the president of Macromedia and I'm like, what, what was that? <laughs> so I don't know. And we're sitting there in the, in, the, in the room waiting after my pitch. He comes back in a few minutes later. He looks at me and he says, you know what? I don't want to give you $5 million. I want to give you $7 million. I was like, wow. what? <laughs> at the valuation you asked for. Do you want it? And I started to think, hmm. I started to think there's one thing I want more than money. And that's money right now, <laughs> like today, <laughs> like yesterday, I need money. So I said, I wanted to play like, you know, we didn't need him. And I basically said, you know what? I don't need seven million. I only asked for five, but I'll tell you what, I will compromise. I will take six million if you can close this deal in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You look back at me, we'll get it done. Two weeks. Wow. Deal. So we got that term sheet on the first pitch, six million bucks. I, uh, I started to think like, why is he so eager to close this deal? Like, you know, I hadn't experienced this ever before. Like, what yeah. did I do to make him so eager? And then I realized it. Two things. Like one was that in my pitch with him, I mentioned that the president over here of Adobe was going to, he was the first investor that he introduced us to. And we were going to go talk to more. Mm -hmm. That was a thing. With investors, it's about fear and greed. Like, you know, that you have to make them more afraid of losing the deal than they are of losing their money. So he didn't want to let me leave that room. And since I had the president sitting right with me, he knew I was serious. So basically, they almost never give you a term sheet on your first pitch. He just cut it short and said, I'm giving you the term sheet right now. We got the deal. The, like he said, he lived up to his word. The money was in the bank two weeks later. We were off to the rodeo. So, wow. so that, that's just one of many experiences of my life where it is a roller coaster ride and you just got to keep going. Like you get slammed down over and over and you just got to get back up. So valuable. I mean, the amount of pivots that you guys made in that journey is, is really unbelievable. And the amount of roadblocks you hit um, along that space after that, um, you know, prior to that, would you have called yourself an entrepreneur? Would you have said, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, after that, I would call you an entrepreneur, but prior to that, would you have I, felt that way? I would have, because my first company I launched was my own game company that I bootstrapped. Wow. And I just paid for everything myself. You know, I didn't know any venture guys and I wanted to make this game and I could code because I was an electrical computer engineer. And I literally just got together and just made it like on a, on a shoestring, this game called Gazillionaire, which ironically is what I do today. It teaches entrepreneurs how to run businesses, how to become gazillionaires. That's what Full I do. circle. It's like a good, it's like a good comedian, comedian. They always bring it back to the, right. Start, so my right? first, my first <laughs> home developed game wow. um, and that game went through a lot of stuff too. Like we went through, a you know, literally we made it on a shoestring. 
there was the internet was just coming into being. In fact, nobody was downloading anything from websites at that time. It was you know like 1994. We actually put that game up on what are called bulletin boards. So these are specialty sites where people could download uh, shareware, and we made it shareware. And like our first sale for that game came from none other. And you will be blown away by this. None other than Lord Geck. Because who is going to be on these bulletin boards? But complete geeks who call themselves Lord Deck. <laughs> so Lord Deck sent us a, you know, the money, the cash in the mail, $15. And we got it in the mail. And we realized, oh, Lord Deck lives in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. So we invited him over for dinner. Like our first sale, we had him over. And we're hanging wow. out with Lord Deck. And he looked just like you would imagine, this fat guy with his goatee and, you know, gamer dude. Yeah. Um, so we made money that way. And then, you know, actually the largest, uh, uh, PC gaming company in the world at the time was, uh, Microprose Spectrum Holobyte. And they, uh, their tester team actually got a hold of our game and they were hooked on it. So mm -hmm. they actually got hooked on it and they told their management, you got to get us this game. So we got a publishing deal through the back door and, you know, the game went everywhere. We were quite successful as my company was called Lava Mine. We made a whole series of games before we did that second, that second venture funded company. Wow. That is incredible. What a, what a, what an adventure and uh, that you've been through and no wonder why you've written a few books. Um, last question as we wind down. At this point in your life, as you look out into the space you're in, which is a lot of the entrepreneurial space, what do you think the world needs more of? I think the world needs more entrepreneurs who are willing to take big chances to solve really critical problems. Like not just making uh, fun things like I did, <laughs> but you know, when I started, we weren't in the crisis we're in now. Like we have climate change, we have, you know, disease spreading everywhere. We have all these major issues in the world that, that with technology, we can actually solve. Like governments aren't going to solve these because they're too slow. There's, you know, too much controversy. But uh, the entrepreneurs of the world can mm. go a long way towards figuring these things out. And I, you know, running Founder Space now, I'm, work I'm looking for those great entrepreneurs. That is fantastic. Well, we will put uh, Captain Hoff's uh, contact information in our podcast here. Um, if you are an entrepreneur and you are inspired by this story, please, please reach out to him or and or their organization at Founder Space. And uh, reminder that he is looking for people, entrepreneurs who have a big idea and want to make a big impact on the world and, and change uh, some of the major issues that are occurring. So, Steve, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, it's been a blast to hear your story and, and the, the journey you've been through. And thanks for uh, just being really specific. I can imagine you could probably do about a four to five hour episode just on uh, all of the struggles you've been through as an entrepreneur. Uh, we only scratch the surface. Like I have endless stories of my own and all the, the amazing entrepreneurs I work with. But yeah, if people want to reach me, just go to founderspace.com. Uh, we also have a free video for you that that. 10 Commandments of Raising Venture Capital. So if you want that, go to Founderspace slash 10, T-E-N, and you can get the 10 Commandments of Venture Capital. And if you want my book, Surviving a Startup, which has a lot of these stories and a lot more, go to survivingastartup.com. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you. Thank you. It's been wonderful being here, Mason. Our brand design and strategies by Tessa 
at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing it.